Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health. Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health. We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind. Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepanera. And I'm Taylor. And we're back for another Q&A episode of the month. Um, We've been getting some pretty good feedback on our Q&As. And... I'm excited for my questions today because um, if you, if ne- any of you are new to the podcast or didn't know about our monthly Q&A, we release a question and answer episode um, the first Wednesday of every month usually. So it's the first or second usually. Um, and so today, so, uh, usually, sorry, I was just thinking, what am I saying? Um, <laughs> I will, <laughs> Taylor and I will post on our stories on our Instagram Um, and post a question box and say, you know, do you have any questions for the chicks this week? All this stuff. So make sure you tune into that if you want us to answer some of your questions on the air. Um, We never share anyone's name or anything like that. So don't worry about that. Um, But I'm excited for my questions today because they're a little bit more personal. And I said that on my story today. I said, there's no question off limits about like my life. If you guys want to know more about anxiety healing or as a therapist or, you know, my opinion as a clinician, I'm open to it. And so I got a lot more personal questions. So I'm excited. How about you? Yes, same. We got good questions this week. We did. Should we just jump right in? Let's jump right in. Let's jump in. Okay. Do you want me to, I'll go first. You can. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like feeling it. I'm feeling excited today because this first question has basically been a huge um, part of my anxiety for like a long time. Um, And so someone asked, okay, I have a fear of embracing the unknown. I'm in my mid-30s, alone, childless. I have no stable job, not a lot of friends, and I've been ghosted a lot lately in dating. How do I – I'm struggling. Basically, the question kind of got mixed up. Is that I'm struggling a lot with relationship anxiety. How do I get through that? Um. So there's a different, so it sounds like there's a couple different anxieties going on, especially, you know, she said she doesn't have a stable job, not a lot of friends, but then she asked a little bit about like relationships and she's been ghosted a lot. So um, just all stuff that I can totally identify with, especially right now. I don't have children. I am going to be 43 in about a month and a half, um, maybe two months. And I'm not married, um, you know. I will say that I have a pretty stable job, which that is something that really does keep me grounded. And I have a really good support system with my family and friends. So if you're someone that doesn't feel like you have much of a support system, that can be really destabilizing. 
Um, and I think that that's a huge part of healing is finding a support system. So, um, you know, there's like a couple of different responses to this. I'll get to the relationship anxiety part in a second. But with the not having a lot of friends and, you know, this kind of happens sometimes. And I don't know, Taylor, you're a little bit younger because I know when I was going through my 20s, like when I was your age, I actually had a lot of changes in friendships. Um, as I got older to my 30s, I definitely got a lot of change in friendships, um, which was a really good thing, actually. Uh, I think that there are so many friends that I was hanging out with socially that weren't necessarily, you know, a soul connect to me. You know, a lot of my friends now that I have are very much like I, I connect with them on like a spiritual level and like a soul level. We're very close and not really surface. We talk to each other about lots of in-depth things. And I think as you get older, that's kind of hopefully that's the friendships that you want to be around because I want to be around people that like lift me up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, and not, or, and not just like surfacey. So I think that she said, you know, she's in her mid thirties, so she's probably feeling like also maybe a lot of friends have gotten married, have kids. A lot of people do kind of fall away a little bit, you know, when that happens for good reason, you know, when you have kids, it's obviously a huge part of people's lives. So the one thing I think that, um, would be important as far as friendships go is to, and I think I might've talked about this before, but really try and um, step out of your comfort zone because, and think about creative ways of meeting people. I mean, the fact is in our, in 2023, it's such an amazing time to actually have access to meeting new people. Um, such as, you know, meetup.com is one of my favorite, favorite websites, right? It's not it can be about dating, but it's not really about dating. It's more platonic. I mean, that's where I've met a lot of my friends the past couple of years, actually, is I even I even created a meetup, actually, for women over 40 that don't have kids. And I met a lot of women in my area that are over 40, don't have kids. And it's just a different type of lifestyle. Um, and so meetup.com has been amazing. Um, I've you know, joined a gym and I've met a couple people through my gym, which has been awesome. So that's just something that, you know, it, it, it's, you don't even have to have like, you, you obviously both know you're interested in being active if you go to the gym together, but you don't, it's so nice to actually be able to meet someone outside of that. Cause they might have different interests and like actually pull you into their interests. So um, that's been actually fun. And, um, okay. So that's kind of like some friendship stuff, right? Way to meet friends, support systems. Very important. Okay. As far as the like relationship stuff goes and the dating and ghosting, listen, it's, um, I want to say one thing that I think is really important that I've learned is that it's like a numbers game also, the more that you put yourself out there, like the more statistically you are moving closer to finding somebody, right? So like if you go on like five to 10 dates a week, yes, you're, that's power in numbers, right? You're more likely to probably meet someone. So that's exhausting to me. I don't necessarily want to be going out on a million dates. I don't have time to do it. I am on the apps. Um I think a lot of my anxiety is now just about, you know, being older and like finding someone who fits similar lifestyles as me. Um, 
many of the guys have kids. So if you're in your mid thirties, like this woman, you know, there might, you might've had like written a list down say of like things that you wanted to, you wanted out of a guy and you might want to just look at that list again and see, okay, are these things as important? Like my expectations definitely are lower at this point in my life. Um, not that I don't think I deserve, you know, someone who's like, you know, thoughtful and kind and is romantic, just thinking of the things that I, I really want out of a guy. But, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, I would be like, okay, he needs to be at least like five, 10, five, 11. And, um, all this, I, you know, I, no, that like doesn't matter to me anymore. I just really, so just be patient with yourself, put yourself out there, work on loving yourself. This is just like a long winded answer. So I don't want to keep talking, but I would say with anything with relationships, if you're dating, it doesn't matter what age you are, put yourself out there, love yourself first, work really on loving yourself and finding that support system within friendships, going on the meetups and actually just having fun, trying not to have expectations. When you get into the relationship, I would definitely recommend working with a dating coach or a therapist. If you have like an anxious attachment style or you have any or avoidant attachment, any type of attachment issues, um, work with a therapist that specializes in that or a coach um, while you're in the dating process. And when you're in the beginning of dating and stuff, they can help you process so much stuff. And um, hopefully that'll help. If you have any more questions about the relationship stuff, come and DM me at The Anxiety Healer because this is like my bread and butter. I'm probably going to do a course maybe later this year or next year about attachment anxiety. So one day at a time. That was a very, very long answer. Don't worry. No, it was good. will not be that long for the rest of the time, but it's like my bread and butter. It's like my life right now. Woo. Do you have anything where to you're add? At. I, I where know you're at. married to like the love of your life, but if you have anything to add, Taylor? Uh, I think sometimes with that question, I think a lot of people look at other people's lives and they're like, oh, that's what I want or think that I want. And I think there also comes this like healing moment of being like, maybe I don't want what everybody else wants and I don't have to have the life that everybody else has. And I don't, that isn't my path. And it's okay if you don't want that, because I think a lot of times people get shamed or like the pressure of like having like, you know, crossing off the stages of life. Right. Yep. Getting married, Mm -hmm. having kids. And it's like maybe doing like self-work of like, is that what I want? Am I truly lonely or am I lonely according to society? Because some people are like super content just being at home and that's okay. Totally. You know what I mean? So I feel like sometimes we look at social media and it's a comparison game of like, I got to get there and then I'll be happy. Or it's like this thing in your mind that like, once I get this, once I get that, once blah, 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 then I'll be happy. Like there's this like girl I follow on social media and you would have thought she had the most perfect marriage. She has two, like one, one's like two-year-old kid and then a newborn daughter who's like five months. I mean, come to find out, like the husband's been cheating multiple times. He's on drugs. They're getting divorced. And like, you know, like you look at this family and you're almost envious of it, right? And then, you know, it's like, that's, so, so I think it's also just like, are you at a place where that's what you truly want? And are you happy internally? Are you happy with yourself first? You know? Yep. That's totally. And that's exactly kind of was my, what I just said, you know, loving, loving your life and loving who you are before kind of 
diving into a relationship is so powerful. And definitely, I like that too, the comparison thing, because I think I do that a lot too, even though I'm very self-aware. I think we all do. I think we don't want to admit and, it, but I think we all yeah, do. Yeah. Like, definitely. And it may be even on a subconscious level sometimes. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I've been working on too. And I try not to, I think I'm getting better with not feeling like I'm so behind everybody. I think that's been like such my, you know, um, limiting belief about myself when it comes to dating and relationships. Like, oh my God, I'm so behind these, my friends, kids are getting older. They're done having kids. Oh my gosh. Like, forget it. I can't have kids. Meanwhile, I'm like, I can still, I can still have them if I, if I want, or, I maybe I really want to date someone with kids now because I do kind of want a family, you know? Okay. So I think that, yeah, trying not to like limit yourself and putting things in a box is really important. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, trying not to let society paint a picture of like what your life is supposed to be like. I love right. that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay. Okay. Next question is. So all of you know that I live in a small one-bedroom apartment, which means that every summer I have to clear out my winter wardrobe from my closet and put that in storage and then switch to my summer wardrobe, which actually makes me excited this year because I have some new clothes and some new accessories I haven't worn in a couple months. And I love just switching with the seasons. But it doesn't just stop with clothes. So I update all of my summer accessories like jewelry and more recently been collecting sunglasses. I just feel like they make outfits so chic and I love pair eyewear because of that. I have almost like five or six pairs of pair eyewear sunglasses because I need to have sunglasses that match my outfits for the summer. It's honestly like an accessory these days. Am I right? That's why I'm obsessed with pair eyewear. And not only do they have the cutest sunglass frames, but they also have regular glasses for anyone if you have a prescription or if you don't. So I actually used to have the worst eyesight when I was younger. Um, I think about 15, 20 years ago, I got laser eye surgery. I mean, I was almost legally blind and it was bad. And so I got laser eye surgery, so I don't necessarily need prescription glasses anymore, but now I actually enjoy wearing glasses as an accessory, not just sunglasses. And when I was younger, oh my gosh, I wish pair eyewear was around when I was younger because there was almost literally no frames to ever choose from as a kid. And I feel like maybe I would have enjoyed wearing glasses a little bit more. Maybe I wouldn't get too made fun of like I did. Um, but I wish I had pair eyewear because it's just the cutest frames. They're so chic and they're so classy. And now I actually wear them as a fashion statement. <laughs> so it's something that I never thought I would say. They also have the sun top collection, which includes magnetic top frames that you put on your classic frames to switch up your summer look in a snap. So if you are wearing a certain outfit and you just want to wear those glasses as an accessory or you have prescription, they have these magnetic top frames that you can just put on top of your regular glasses to match your outfit. It's amazing. And I, I was so excited when I saw that because you don't have to get a million different pairs of glasses. You just get these magnetic top frames. Another thing I love about pair eyewear is that you can actually upload a picture of yourself and try all of the frames on on a picture of yourself before you actually buy them 
online. That was actually one of my favorite tools that I used before I got my glasses. And when I got them in the mail, I got, they looked amazing. They looked exactly what I thought they would look like. And this is for anyone with a prescription or not. If you have a higher prescription also, like me, when I had when I was little, Pear Eyewear actually offers super lightweight and thin frames with the premium plus lens option. And, and if this company couldn't get any better, for every pair of glasses you buy, Pear Eyewear will provide a pair of glasses and vision care to a child in need. Express yourself wherever summer takes you with Pear Eyewear. Go to PearEyewear.com slash AnxietyChicks for 15% off your first pair. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, Eyewear.com slash AnxietyChicks. Anyone else a snacker like me? I have to have a snack in between meals or else I feel like my blood sugar levels just bottom and it's not a good feeling. I love to eat every couple hours to keep my blood sugar levels perfectly stable, and that's just what works for me. I try my best to avoid chips or anything super heavy because then I feel too full when it's time for the next meal, and it just leads to my whole schedule being off. I also never feel that great when I just snack on a bunch of chips that are solely carbs, no nutrients. I have found my favorite snacks for in-between meals from Nuts.com. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers, and more. Their wide selection means there is something for everybody. My favorite from Nuts.com is their variety of nuts, all different kinds. I find nuts to be the most satisfying snack in between meals and also the most nutrient-dense and a quick grab-and-go. I love that they offer hassle-free auto deliveries, so I'm never running out of my in-between meal snacks. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at Nuts.com slash anxietychicks. So go check out all of the delicious options at Nuts.com slash anxietychicks. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's nuts.com slash anxiety chicks. How do you, in quotations, do it scared when you have such debilitating physical symptoms? So this person's saying like, how do you like go work out when you feel so scared of working out because say you're having heart palpitations, right? So it's like the doing the thing that seems so scary and off limits to your mind Mm. when you're struggling with physical symptoms. So I like to do the, what can I can, can, what can I control and what can't I control? uh, Like pro and con lists instead of like pros and cons, it's what I can and what I can't. So say you're, let's just use a scenario of like, you want to work out, you want to be active, but you're so terrified of your heart because you have these symptoms from anxiety. What can I control? Okay. I've been checked out by my doctor. They said I'm fine. They said that this is just something that you can feel when you're scared. I mean, when you're stressed and when you're anxious. Okay. So I've gone to the doctor. They said I can work out. Um, I know now after research that working out is good for me. Okay. So check that box. What can I do? Uh, Probably shouldn't just go jump into a hit class, right? 
I haven't worked out in, say, six months struggling with debilitating panic attacks. I feel absolutely terrified of working out. What I can do is I could start today with some gentle stretching and yoga. And then I could make a plan where I add on each week to up my exercising. So next week, I could walk down the street. And then the next week, I could walk maybe a quarter mile. And then maybe a half a mile. And then 75%. And then a mile. You know? So it's like... It's doing it scared is always going to feel scary. Yeah. But you have to sit down and remind yourself of the facts versus the fears. And the facts are, I, I always recommend people, if you're dealing with debilitating physical symptoms, get the clear from your doctor. But once you've had that clear, obsessing and worrying and doing avoiding things because in your head you have a diagnosis, say from Google, um, you have to continually remind yourself what a doctor has told you. And most people who deal with physical symptoms of anxiety have had at least two, you know, like a second opinion. So, okay, I've had that first opinion. Then I had the second opinion. Everybody has said I'm fine. The only thing that's holding me back right now is my mind. Mm-hmm. So the facts versus the fear is the facts are I'm okay. The fear is I think I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just have to put two feet in and just you have to enter a moment of trust you know you're never gonna feel not scared of something you've been avoiding because of fear it's not you're not gonna wake up one day and be like oh the fear's gone the only way to get through the the only way to get over the fear is to go through it 100 percent. yes i agree with that i think that there's like you know that's kind of like a mantra for me lately is like doing it scared right just do it scared um, because like how scary really is it after yeah. it's over? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? you're like, I, have, I can't believe I was scared of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's so much bigger in our brain than it really is. And, um, you know, I think that there's, there's, there's extremes, right. To everything. And if someone listening might be thinking, oh my gosh, okay, well, that seems easier said than done. Some people might be having really intrusive, obsessive thoughts. You know, if someone, if you're listening and you feel like you've tried that, it's been debilitating, definitely maybe reach out to an expert in OCD or, you know, a cognitive behavioral therapist, um, you know, someone who specializes in that type of thought reprocessing um, and working on maybe even some ERP, which is exposure and response, response prevention. Um, ERP is amazing for a lot of phobias and trauma with that um, really rewiring the way you think about things. So if you feel like it's just really affecting your daily life, definitely reach out to a professional. But um, yeah, being able to really just try and do the things scared is it's easier said than done. But you, I guarantee you, once you actually face whatever you've been avoiding, it is so much less scary than you believe in your head. 100%. Mm-hmm. I love okay. that. Is that good? Can I go now? Yes, you okay. got it. Okay, my next question is, would you personally ever consider taking a pharmaceutical medication to help with your anxiety? And I've actually talked about this before. I actually was on um, a 
psychiatric medication about three, two, three years ago for about two to three weeks. <laughs> um, it was a really, really, I was in a really bad depressive episode. Um, I wasn't eating. I, there was just a lot of things going on in my life at the time that was really scary. And my primary care doctor prescribed me with something. It, I did not react well to it. Uh, I also wasn't eating. So uh, it, you definitely have to eat on a lot of those types of medications. So I was feeling really sick and not even really able to – I just hated it. I just was feeling sick. I was feeling not good. I wasn't sleeping. It was really bad. So I just didn't have good side effects with that medication I was on. Um, and so after that, I decided to get off of that and – after that that episode, slowly, I was working with a psychologist a couple of days a week, um, and I ended up taking some holistic types of medicines, and I was I got better. I did. I felt better. Um, so you can have different anxiety, depressive episodes throughout your life, right? So in my mind, I was like, okay, that was not a good experience for me, and that's very common for a lot of people that they take, they maybe go to their primary care doctor or even a psychiatrist. They've never taken a medication for, you know, a mental health concern before, and they do not have a good reaction, right? They have a lot of side effects and it almost makes you more scared to try something else. But I will tell you such a high percentage of people that are prescribed something for anxiety or depression it is rare that you find like the perfect medication at the first time. A lot of people have to go through like trial and error and different medicines before they find the one that, that works for their brain chemistry. Everyone's brain chemistry is different. So for me, um, you know, that was a couple years ago and I honestly have gone back and forth every couple months, you know, something happens, especially with my dad dying last year and like my breakup, I've gone back and forth. Like, I think I really do want to get on something. I don't know. You know, I'm such an avid, I'm, I'm a holistic practitioner, but I'm such an advocate on medicine as, as long as it's prescribed appropriately and it's managed appropriately. It's amazing. And it's such a great part of someone's toolkit if they feel like it's really helpful. And so... I go back and forth, um, I think probably just because of my own anxieties and control of like, you know, I was on this one before. I didn't really like the side effects. Is that going to be how it is? I don't want to take that. Um, for me, I struggle with like, I'm working on it, but my own, you know, body image and my self-esteem, I don't really want it to like, is it going to make me gain weight? You know, is that going to be something I struggle with? Um, am I going to be able to like enjoy a glass of wine while I'm on it or not? You know, like... So there's a lot of questions in my head, but I did decide like the past couple of weeks, I really do want to talk to a psychi psychiatrist and just kind of get evaluated. Um, not because I'm in some type of crisis moment and I feel like, oh my gosh, give me something. Oh, I do actually, I feel like I talked to this. I do actually have a, a prescription to Xanax um, for the past like three, whatever years, they only, my, that my one doctor prescribed me only like 10 a year. <laughs> she won't give me. And I think that's true for most parts of the country now. Like Xanax can be very addictive. Doctors should not be just prescribing it as something all the time. So I respect that. Um, I haven't had, I still have some left, so I've been handling it pretty well. But anyway, 
Um, and it's very low dose. So yeah, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, you know, make sure to watch my stories. I, I don't know when I'm going to do that. I, I really do want to do that sooner than later. You know, it's May, whatever. It's first week of June now, May. Um, so I'll let you know, but I do believe in it. I do. And I am considering it. So I, I think if it's not in the next two weeks, I'm definitely, definitely going to do it at some point. And I, I want to just sit down and I want to find, I also want to find the right person to go to. It's really, I don't want to go to a primary care doctor. I want to go to a good psychiatrist. So I know that's going to be a lot of money. Um, just got to figure it all out. But I really do think it, it can be a good thing. So I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I kind of have the same, I, I'm sure I'm, if you've listened to episodes, you've heard me talk about my story and just like my past with prescription medications. I think I have a bit of an addictive personality I've learned, especially when I was on Adderall. I felt like I had to take it every day. So my fear with like how you could take the Xanax, I fear with like those type of pills that I'd be like, my brain would be like, I need it to not have a panic attack. Do you know what I mean? I just have that type of, I know me and I feel like a lot of people know themselves and there's people who have been addicted to something before. And so they, they don't do pain meds, you know? Oh and yeah. So I, I oh, feel yeah. like it's, yeah, I feel like for me, I always knew that, um, that family, like the Xanax family, what is that? The Benzos is, mm -hmm. was like, just like a total no for me. And then, like you said about the hearing, the, I, I have an issue with like hearing a story about something and not and it just replays in my head so like say susan had some type of uh, allergic reaction to something i feel like that's going to happen to me so it's kind of like you said like our own fears prevent us from and then i want to have kids and like you know you see the studies on it and i'm just like i don't want to you know it's just to me it's just yeah. like why would i i feel like i'm in pretty good good control with myself so why go down that road um yeah i don't know then that's there's like that then there's like the amazing stories that people have like yes incredible I uh, yeah success yeah. ooh incredible success with um with so many you know the Absolutely. ones that they found have been so helpful for them and just because you go some to a psychiatrist and they prescribe you something or maybe they say this might work this might work it doesn't mean you have to take it right right like you can try it you can stop it no one is making you don't need to do any of this but i will say it's been so incredible so many people that i Absolutely. know directly that are on you know either lexapro which has been worked for so many of my friends they like love it um mm -hmm. or um i'm trying to think of the other like zoloft is is another i think ssri and so um yeah, just do do your research and and But don't I, do too much. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean, do too much research. Just maybe talk to a professional because that that like I said, like well, so many good stories out there, but I have the brain that can only focus on the like 
ones I heard that were bad. And I just believe that that will happen to me. And that's for sure, like some anxiety yeah. thought, you know, like that's <laughs> yeah. not a healthy mindset, but yeah, that's, that's definitely some intrusive, intrusive stuff absolutely, going on there. Absolutely. And, um, and it, well, but it's valid. It's trauma I've been through too, with past medications. You're going to, yeah. And you're going to, if it's the same thing as anything you look into, you're going to find something about your health or something about any kind of medicine, even Tylenol, that literally you're going to find something. This could possibly happen. Right. So <laughs> you're going to. So if you yeah. struggle with sort of like obsessive thinking yeah. about things, that's what it sounds like you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to work with a professional that you mm-hmm. trust. So it just comes down to that. Whoever you're going to research about psychiatry or if you have a therapist that you really trust, someone that professionally you trust, make mm-hmm. sure to process all of that with them. And um, I've done that with my clients too, like giving them giving them some insight about different stuff. Um, but yeah, it can be great. So I, I – yeah, I'm, I'm an advocate as long as it's prescribed appropriately and managed appropriately for sure. But don't get discouraged if you feel like you've tried one or two and you're like, it's not working for me, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, because it's very common that people have to try a couple different ones to know like what the right thing is for them. So mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. Did you deal with extreme DPDR, which is derealization, depersonalization? If so, how did you cope? Been dealing with it constantly lately. So yes, I did. There were moments where I felt like I wasn't real. I felt like time was weird. I would question reality. Uh, I was definitely in like, this was when I was dealing with extreme panic disorder. So I was just so unregulated uh, that I think it was super easy to f- slip down that derealization, depersonalization slope. And I think the best things looking back to help me were grounding techniques. So just in that moment, getting yourself back to reality and like that you're here, that you're safe, that everything's okay, that you have someone around you, uh, the five, four, three, two, one, uh, five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can smell, two things you can, uh, what is it? two things I'm, I feel one thing you can taste yeah. um, those type of things standing in grass barefoot like I used to one time this happened to me when I was at a restaurant and I remember just like sitting there with like a full table of people and like all of a sudden it was like it was almost like a weird feeling of like deja vu but like nothing was real around me and I just felt like a panicky feeling coming around and like this sounds so weird but like I was like pinching my hand a little bit, like almost like, hey, you feel that pain. You're here. I went to the restroom. I ran some cold water over my hands. That really helped. Like everything is about triggering your senses. And that's really, really grounding to make you feel more present. When you feel more present, it's easier for those thoughts to like really calm down. Also, just educating yourself on derealization, depersonalization, because when I was going through it, I didn't know that was a thing. And so that can really make you feel really scared. Um, So those are my tips. Those things help me the most. Like really, like it's so odd, but the pinching like right in between my thumb and my index finger, Mm -hmm. like that little piece of skin there. I don't know. It just, it would really help me. Yep. Yeah. I, I do that. I pinch there too, actually, when I am um, like, if I'm getting, if I'm getting like, um, like blood drawn or something. Yeah. Like if there's like any, I don't, I'm not scared of needles, but just like t- it diverts the pain like uh-huh. 
needles aren't even really that painful. Um, or like at the gyno or something like doing some type of testing. I always just mm-hmm. pinch there and I feel like it distracts me. Um, I love the idea of like cold for me, like ice really helps. So if you do have, if you're somewhere around you, like at, the, at a restaurant or something, that's like so good to have really cold water or some ice to just put like on the back of your neck um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. your vagus nerve is in the back of your neck. And that's ba- your it's like the communication highway nerve between your brain and your gut and the nervous system. And so you want that nerve to be, not be like inflamed. You want it to have low vagal tone is what they call it. And there's a lot of different exercises that activate and make make your vagus nerve have low vagal tone and ice is one of them. So putting ice like on the back of your neck or like um, inside your wrists are really good. Um, humming is really good and doing breathing exercises is really good to for, for vagal tone. Um, and Don't, you want a high vagal tone. Um, you want to increase your vagal tone. Hold on. No, I just, I, I just let me look that up because I want to make sure I get this right. Um, but I know with the vagus nerve though, like you want it to be like stimulated. Yeah. Um, when you increase your vagal tone. And so some of those your- things are. Okay. Okay. Is that what it says? It, well, increased I vagal that, tone. I, is, I know it's it, it's so confusing, but yeah, increased vagal tone is increased uh, vagus nerve. Okay, okay, so that's be- so basically you want to you want to do these exercises to increase the vagal tone, right? Yes, is yes. that what that's what it says? Yes, that's okay. right. That's so right. I got that confused. Okay. Yes. So I know I, I whatever it, it's it's all confusing. <laughs> Well, well, this is all that's all like such a scientific part of all of this of the nervous system. That is all the research is amazing out there. But for me, like the scientific part of it, it's like, I'm learning, I'm reading about it. I do know a lot more about like the parasympathetic nervous system and and the sympathetic nervous system. Um, And so so for the higher vagal tone that probably activates this parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. And so all of those exercises are associated with like the rest and digest part of your, your nervous system. So the humming and the ice, um, the grounding exercise, like putting your feet in the grass, all of that can bring you back to kind of the present moment. And I think that's when you said the thing about the senses Mm-hmm. Um, is so important because when you're not feeling, when you're like disassociated or DPDR, right? It's all part of disassociation. Um, do you f- so you're, do you feel like your surroundings aren't real and you feel like you're not even real, right? You feel mm-hmm. like you're like outside your body. Mm-hmm. It can be so disarming kind of mm-hmm. for that to happen, which I think, I think that's why it, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but for me, when I was in those states I, that I felt so much like I was going to pass out, like that's those that the DPDR is when I feel like I'm going to faint. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're connected at all or anything. Honestly, I've never read about that, but that's when I really feel like, oh my gosh, I am dizzy and I'm yeah. going to faint. Something is wrong with me. And I think only- you just start, you just start like 
your brain just starts spiraling because it's like, I'm not real. I'm losing my mind. And then those thoughts of like, I'm losing control. So then your fight or flight gets triggered. So then it's like dizziness, heart pounding, blah, but blah, But like, blah. it doesn't even, for me, I'd, I can't think back to that though and think that I w- that was happening to me because in that moment, I don't even feel like I'm thinking about anything. Yeah. Like in that moment, I literally don't even feel like I'm thinking. I just feel like I'm dizzy. I'll, maybe my thoughts are like, I'm dizzy right now and I'm going to pass out. Like that's just all I'm th- I, I don't even know. It's scary. But those really, those sense, yes, the, everything you said in the senses and increasing your vagal tone, not low vagal tone, high vagal tone, um, helps activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's like... Like knowing that in my mind now, I know that those tools in my toolkit, I know will will create this calm within my body and nervous system. I know that for a fact because that's science. That's where science is like so helpful. And that actually is another layer of what helps me. It's like mm-hmm. the action step I'm taking, but then also knowing, okay, I know that this has helped me before. And I yeah. know that ice is really good for the nervous system. You know, something like that. Um, doesn't work for everybody. But I feel like that, I feel like those are like so healing, at least for me when it comes to that. But it can be such a scary feeling, especially if you've never felt it before. Oh, yeah. Just like, and and you don't even, you almost like don't even care who's around you. It's almost like the people that are around you, like, you know, like they're not real either. I, I, I can't explain it. I just, I remember when this happened to me, I thought I was choking one time and I was actually like my reflux and whatever, all this stuff happening. I had a severe panic attack and I didn't even remember like anyone was around me. Like the ambulance came, like I to, still to this day, it feels like it was a dream. Mm-hmm. It was so scary. And like, I ended up, thank God being okay. But I just remember I was, at a, I lived in a high rise at the time and I actually somehow took the elevator down to the lobby because I was banging on people's doors in my hallway just to help me thinking I was choking. And I actually wasn't choking. I had just had a piece of food like stuck in, in my, in my throat. I could still, could, could still breathe. It wasn't the, it was not the pipe that breathing pipe anyway. I don't know. But I went down to the lobby and there was like all these people in the lobby. Like everyone was like around me. I just now I'm remembering it. And I'm just like this older woman was like rubbing my back. I don't even tell, can't even tell you what she looked like. And then like the ambulance came in and they're like, we can go to the hospital if you want. I don't even know how much that cost me. My God. Um, Just thinking about it now. I'm like that totally. But I had like, no, that was so long ago. I had zero toolkit of anything back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Like zero, I, I didn't even know it was like anxiety. I didn't even know I was having a panic attack, really. It was just like something scary. But oh my gosh, I feel for anyone that has been through that. Absolutely. And thank God for people like that lady who is rubbing your back. Like we need those people in this world, you know, oh like gosh. you think about those little things and like, it's funny. You remember that one moment. Oh, you know. don't remember anybody else around, but you remember her because like she provided you some comfort. Well, and you know, what's so weird now that I say that. When she started doing that and I was basically like leaning over, you know how when you're having a panic attack or something happens with your breathing, people tell you, okay, just like put your head between your knees, right? Put your head between your legs and just take deep breaths or like just sit down and just like look at the floor, whatever. And I was doing that and she was rubbing my back. And that's actually when the piece of food like went down my throat, like went to my stomach, like it wasn't there anymore. It actually felt Mm -hmm. better probably because I felt more relaxed. 
once right. she started doing that, I felt like safe again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because your throat really t- tightens when you get panicked. That's like a huge symptom. Oh my God, you're right. I remember that woman. I didn't even I haven't talked about this in so long. Where is that woman? God, I want to give <laughs> give her a present or something. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um okay. That was a long one to answer too. All right. Are we good? Next. Mm-hmm. Let me go to the next one. Okay. Um, okay. So someone asked, is your anxiety worse when you're on your period? I don't even really need to talk really long about this and just say yes. <laughs> uh-huh. It is. It's worse. Um, I actually get, I will say I probably have some more depressive symptoms too. Um, maybe a couple days before my period. Um, or I can just say I get more, I get like highly reactive. I get very much more on edge. So that's kind of anxiety related, but I do actually feel um, a lot more withdrawn too. And just kind of like I isolate myself a little bit. I just feel more kind of despondent before my period. I'll cry at literally anything. Usually I get I'm much more sensitive to um, on top of my more sensitive personality. Um, and that's actually really common. It's not, I mean, it's, it is really common. There is a, I think we've talked about it before, um, PMDD, which is mm-hmm. premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, there's a reason why that's in the DSM. It's, uh, you know, I don't know the criteria off my head, but it's basically within like a week before your period or something, you have identical symptoms to depression basically like major depressive disorder. Um, you know, for, for women, our hormones can change significantly, um, you know, days leading up to our period. So it's not uncommon, but yes, for me, for sure. Does that happen to you? Well, you know what? It's very interesting. There's actually some recent studies that have came out that, uh, We've normalized like PMS and PMDD. PMDD is very, very real, but PMS, like we have normalized so much that we don't realize that it, it isn't normal. So PMS, you should not have PMS. If you really dig into like research on it, it's like we should not be experiencing crazy symptoms and like all these mm. things. And it's funny because a year ago I had pretty bad PMS, mm-hmm. like not bad, but like there was definitely a lot more symptoms and like I've slowly transition things in my life, non-toxic, cutting things out. Like everything in my house is pretty, pretty clean now. And working on that, I've really noticed a change in my symptoms. Mm. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's really kind of freaky when you read about PMS. I, I highly recommend everybody does it. Uh, I think we've gotten to society where like women are just supposed to suffer and that's not true. Like we don't have to live a life like that. And when I educated myself on that, I felt more empowered. And, you know, it's like even like depletions from birth control leading to like PMS after birth control. And there's just like all this research, like it's so crazy to dig into. And I love digging into stuff like that, but I feel so much better. Like, honestly, I don't even know when, I don't even have signs and symptoms of when my period's going to start anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh my like gosh. I was getting like amazing. super tender breast and like, uh, just like dizziness and like a couple symptoms. And like, I don't have those now. Knock on wood. Um, I really like that you said that though, because now that I think about it, you're so right. It's like, I don't know if like normalizes the word, but it's definitely not 
it's definitely just something that I remember hearing just growing up about that everybody, that every woman just experienced, right? Like yep. even on shows or even people around me just remember, you know. Oh, she's PMSing. You have, yeah. yeah, you have, you know, you have like, uh, you're mad, you're you're mad at something or you're having a mood shift and they're like, are you PMSing? I mean, it's so yeah. rude actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's like it's the patriarchy, make that up. Um, yeah, I mean- that's, but I, I actually don't know. I actually have, I will research that now because it is something that I just figured every woman, you know, is like, okay, I guess everyone's just moody before it. Or I guess every woman has these sim- like worse mental symptoms before it. But, um, yeah. So like it says, like when you look online, like the first thing you see, like, yes, PMS symptoms are common, but it's not mm-hmm. normal. But we have normalized it. So interesting. Yeah. It, and like women shouldn't have to suffer. And that's like why a lot of times women get wrote off as crazy and stuff, you know? And it's I like know, they can't that's... help themselves. Like you can't help yourself right. if you do struggle with PMS. Like it is really, really hard Yeah, if you do struggle with it. Like yeah. you really are out of control a lot of times of your own emotions. Like you're very valid for how you feel. And like I'm sorry if you do struggle with that. But that, But it's so important to know that you can get help. And I don't feel like we're told that, you know, like you go to your doctor and they're like, oh, it's just PMS. Here's birth control that might regulate you. It's like, what? <laughs> oh. Yeah. And there's I, I, I like that. I mean, there's just I don't think that it's cool to just now that I think about that, just, you know, it's like an everyday statement where you're just like, oh, are you PMSing? I feel like that's mm-hmm. so rude. I haven't even like thought about that in a while. By the way, like back in the day, back in the day, I want to say like, gosh, what I don't even know exactly when I want to like look up to, be, to know when the year was. But do you know that like when women were menstruating or PMSing or whatever, they basically were considered like hysterical, right? Mm-hmm. Hysterical in mm-hmm. the sense of hysteria that they were yeah. that they were um, cra- crazy, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. There was so all of these ways that men in that society would say that women needed these certain treatments or something because they were literally just PMSing and maybe just actually expressing their feelings and being bad. And can you imagine? No. If you were just PMSing and they're like, what's like wrong with you? You're crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Lobotomy. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Hmm. Okay. How to deal with dental anxiety and trust? Completely lost trust in mine, and now I feel like I'm putting things off because I don't know how to find someone to trust, and I don't know where to start. Well, I can relate to this because I feel like. You know, you think you hear about a good place or the place looks all nice and fancy, right? And you go. And I think you should just trust your intuition. I think that mm. you you know yourself best and you can read environments best. And I think also just like I would go into a dental place with like three opinions from like uh, like no, from like three different people who have said they've had a good experience. That's a great idea. Yeah. Like take a poll. I highly rec- I highly recommend like neighborhood forums. 
They have so many like Facebook groups of like local cities and people recommend. That's where I find all the best doctors. Is when you see like someone say someone's name. Mm -hmm. So they're like Dr. So-and-so. And and then like five comments under it. People are like, oh, I love him or I love her. She's the best. You know, that's when it's like, okay. Then going from like there to like the Google reviews, reading those and like doing your due diligence on it. And then also like not feeling scared to leave a dentist and just knowing that in every single practice there's bad doctors but that doesn't mean that there's not a good doctor ahead and trust me i get your dental anxiety having dental anxiety and then also losing trust in your dentist and so you feel like your dental anxiety is worse i get it 100 (laughs) percent. right i agree though i mean i think with any type of you know, any type of doctor, mental health, medical health, whatever healthcare, yep. being able to somehow be referred by someone you trust or like that you know of is the best way to oh, go. The best. Um, when it comes to the dentist, I feel like there are just so many. There are just people that so really many. hate it, like just like hate the dentist, even yes. if it's like a good dentist, even if they're actually have good bedside, like they're really good. It's just the act of like something in your mouth. Uh is just really scary for a lot of people strapped in a chair something in your mouth feeling like you can't escape yeah Yeah. strapped in the chair you get strapped in your chair okay okay i don't get oh (laughs) okay i'm not getting strapped in my chair but you kind of feel like what no you know they put the bib on you you kind of feel a little strapped (laughs) like you can't leave with their bib no (laughs) no i'm like get me out of here i i no i not strapped i seriously thought i was like what yeah my dentist straps me in my chair yours doesn't no, thank God. They put what? handcuffs on me. Find also. a dentist who does not strap you in, okay? Um, but yeah, no, the act of that, you know, just and the noises, uh, yeah, the noises, yeah. So Bring headphones. The one thing I will say that I love as like it at dental work has progressed is now that when you go to your dentist for your six month checkup or something, I literally am in there fifteen minutes out. Yep. In and yeah. out, fifteen minutes. I mean, they they do the the whatever with my gums, and then they put the stuff on whatever, and they see if I have a cavity. Hopefully, you don't have any cavities or anything like that. And then in and out, and my, I'm like, okay, thanks, bye. I, it's it's much more, it's much quicker than it was that I remember when I, I was agree. little. I yeah. agree. So hopefully that helps. But yeah, well, that was good. These were good questions today. I agree. Whoa, that went by like really fast. <laughs> An hour later. Okay. Um, okay, well, we hope you guys enjoyed our questions today, or your questions. They were yours. And we're going to be doing our other Q&A in another month. So get your questions in. Also, if you know, we're going to be posting them probably a day or two before in the question box. But if you do have questions, you can always email them to the anxiety chick. Uh, wait, the anxiety chicks at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. And rate and review us, please, if you haven't. We'd really love, we'd love some new um, reviews. We'd love it from you guys. Thanks. Bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.